You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Welcome to this edition of the Faith Roots Podcast. We are in our series called Renewing the Mind. This is something that you and I have to do. God does not do this for us. Certainly He helps us. He did recreate your spirit. He put a brand new spirit into the core of your being, renovated, totally changed, I mean completely, uh, gave life to your spirit, and it was completely reborn. And your mind is reborn through a process. It's a daily process. It doesn't happen automatically. You have to do something, but God has given us the tools to get this done. So we have to train ourselves to think in the way that God does. Here's Isaiah 55, 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. Now that's huge, because your thoughts and your ways are connected. Whatever it is that you're thinking eventually becomes your doing. And so if your doing is going to be right, your thinking has to be right first. Now, you can have a passing thought that is not good, that's not wholesome. Think of it like this. Your mind is very much like your eyes. There will be times that your eyes will catch things that are not good for you to see, to look at. But it's when you stop, gaze, and dwell on those things and let them become part of your thinking process that it becomes wrong and destructive. That's why it is wrong. It is because it's destructive. The same thing is true of your mind. There will be thoughts that will come into your mind before you had a chance to really say, I don't want that thought. I wasn't thinking that way. The thought will come to you. It is the work of this world and of the enemy. They want to bring thoughts to you to get you to engage them. It's how Satan approached Jesus. Jesus did have negative thoughts. He had to have the negative thoughts in order to be tempted. He did not allow them to linger. He did something with them, but they did come. And so the same thing is true of us. Now, no human naturally thinks in the way that God does. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. I didn't say that God did. He says we don't think like him. So to walk with God, we first have to learn to think like God. How in the world are we going to do that? Well, there has to be a place there has to be a source. There has to be a book that tells us what God thinks, how he does things, what his attitudes are, and that is the Bible. The Bible is God's way of setting forth his thoughts. Fascinating. He does this over a 1,600-year period. In other words, it was about that long that it took to write all of the scriptures, several different authors, and it combines in an amazing whole where it is complementary to itself. You'll see things in the earliest pages of scripture that are fulfilled later and themes that are followed all the way through. You'll see that these prophets laid out a picture of the coming savior of the world, yet none of them saw the whole picture. They contributed their part and when you take the part as a whole, you see that Jesus fulfilled every bit of it. That tells us 
that this instrument that God uses to change our minds is of supernatural origin. You can see that if it was done in the lifespan of one man, it would be fallible because it would be human. But when you see that it took several hundred years, and when you see that multiple people at different times in different cultures and under different governments and different countries even, when we see that these people wrote with the same spirit, with the same ideas that don't contradict each other, they enhance each other. And let me just say this. Sometimes people say, I found a contradiction in the Bible. No, you didn't. You walked around the side of the house and you didn't see a front door on the side of the house or you didn't see a back door on the front of the house. A house has many sides. And just because there are different sides doesn't mean it's a different house. That's the way the scripture is. God shows us the whole house. We walk around and see the whole thing. And that's why he used four different authors, for instance, in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, to tell us the story of the Messiah. He wanted us to see the Messiah from differing viewpoints. Not that they contradict each other, but they enhance one another. And each one of these viewpoints was directed at a particular type of person. All right. There is an order to the transfer of thinking that God gives to us. And I want to show this to you from Genesis chapter 2, verses 16, 17. This is early, early on. And this is something that a lot of people do not see. Let me read. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. Now, this is not the first mention of the trees in the Garden of Eden. Just before this, God talked about another tree. And so I want you to listen to this. This is Genesis 2, 9, seven verses before the introduction of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And out of the ground, the Lord God made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. And obviously the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was not among them. It was not a part of this group. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now here's what I want you to see. There were two trees. And before God said to Adam, don't eat the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, he did tell him, but eat the fruit of the tree of life. Now that speaks volumes to me about the Lord. The Lord never creates a vacuum. In other words, if you say to anyone, don't do this, but you fail to give them an alternative, you have, in effect, created a vacuum. This lesson was huge for me in the way that I raised my children. I saw right away that if I told them they couldn't do something, I knew that if they did not replace and fill that space with something good, they were going to be longing to do the thing that I forbade them to do. God told Adam, eat the fruit of the tree of life. Do you know what would have happened had he done it? Adam would have lived forever. Because at the end of the story of Adam's fall, God had to put angels at the entry to the Garden of Eden to keep Adam from getting to the tree of life. Because had he eaten its fruit, he would have lived forever. Now, isn't that what God wants us to do, to live forever? Yes, but not 
in separation from Him, not in our sins. Eternal life is God's plan, but your sin has to be taken away first. For this reason, God sent the angels to prohibit Adam from getting to the tree of life to eat it when he was in a condition of sin and separation. So you see, God puts two things in front of us, and that's what the Scriptures do. The Scriptures give us two different sets of behaviors. It, first of all, talks about that which is negative and then talks about that which is positive. Let me give it to you from 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. Doctrine's a good thing. Doctrines are ideas of what God has given us. They are things that reveal very important things that God did in His plan to redeem us. That's what a doctrine is. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof. Now, reproof is a warning. And it is not warning about your behavior. It's warning about someone else's behavior. In other words, the Bible is full of stories of people who blew it. And we see what happened to people who went down the pathway that was wrong. That's reproof. When there's a negative illustration set before our eyes, then there is correction. That's also negative. That is God dealing with you specifically about something that you did. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for uh, correction, and then lastly, for instruction in righteousness. So you see how God works. He did two positives, and He put them on the outside, and the two negatives in the middle, and so He sets these things forth. This is how His Word works together. So sometimes there's a don't, but if you don't replace the don't with a do, boy, are you in trouble because you create a vacuum. There's no better place to see this than in the Gospel of Luke, and it is in the 11th chapter. Now listen to what Jesus said in verse 24, Luke 11. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through the dry places, the unclean spirit does, seeking rest. He finds none. So that means these demonic spirits are looking for a body to live in. That means that at one time they must have had bodies. And we won't get into that today, but it says that they are tormented. Then he says, I will return to my house from which I came. He calls the, the body of the person that he came from my house. Boy, that's pretty awful, isn't it? And when he comes, he finds it swept and put in order. In other words, it is empty. It has been cleaned out. It would be like walking into an apartment that has been renovated, ready for the new renter. Everything is out. All the furniture is gone. It has been swept and garnished. All the windows are clean. The new carpet is installed. But no one's living there. And that's what happens. Then verse 26 says, Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. So what's he saying? He's saying it's important that you not only empty yourself of the things that are not good, but you replace those things with things that are good. You create new habits, new thoughts, new ways of thinking, Therefore, new feelings, new everything. And that's the whole purpose of renewing your mind. 
It's a process of taking out thoughts that are destructive and unfruitful and replacing them with thoughts that are good and productive. My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. Isaiah 55.8. We'll pick up here tomorrow. See you then. I want to thank you for watching our podcast today. And if you really liked it, would you please give us a little thumbs up by clicking on that sign down below. And then I would encourage you to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any of our future podcasts because they're all going to be good. And if you would like to support us financially, either with a one-time gift or recurring gift, you can do that by clicking on the link below or going to myfaithroots.com. Thank you so much for watching this program. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.